0: On the normal radio, free weed, free weed.
1: Oy, oy, Danny Danko, come to show you how we grow. You're now tuned into free weed from Danny Danko on normal radio, presented
2: by High Times Magazine. See me, I say, boom, bang, big respect See me, I
1: say, Danny Danko.
3: All right, hey you guys! It's episode number seventy-seven of High Times presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. As always, thank you very much to DJ Jacques and Win Strong for the wonderful song. Uh, so it is episode seventy-seven. We got a ton of interesting stuff for you guys. We got some really wacky weed news that's happened in the last uh, <laughs> last week or so. Uh, we we're going to preview the May issue of High Times magazine, May twenty fifteen issue. Uh, we're going to talk about this half marathon that I'm running in. Uh, just a couple of days here on Sunday, the 15th of March. Uh, The interview is with an incredible uh, lifelong marijuana activist here in New York and worldwide, uh, Dana Beal, founder of the Yippies and much, much more. So we're talking to Dana Beal. And as always, all our grow info, the strain of the fortnight, interesting cultivation game called you can get with this, or you can get with that. And uh, questions and answers, questions from you guys, answers from us on how to grow pot cultivation segment um so yeah thanks a lot strap in roll up and enjoy episode number 77 of free Weed. all right welcome to episode number 77 and uh here we are Mike? Here we are. Yes. And there's been some funny funny stuff going on in the news lately with the uh, wacky weed situation going on. Yeah, a couple of strange incidents. We thought
2: we'd start the show off with a little bit of a wacky weed roundup. Um, well, shall we start with Fox and Friends? <laughs> uh, you yeah. know sentences that begin that way are sure <laughs> to pay off. Um, this is kind of weird. So this doctor, uh, Dr. David uh, Samidi, I guess, uh, he was on Fox and Friends talking about pot and – you know, there's really no way for me to set this up adequately, so what do you say we just play the clip?
3: Yeah, let's let's hear this let's do that. idiot.
1: I think it's a very dangerous study, and there are a lot of holes in this, and people have to be very careful about not getting the wrong message from this particular study. They're extrapolating a lot of these animal studies and surveys that doesn't make much of a sense, and coming with this whole thing that pot is safer— Absolutely not. It's a huge fraud. THC goes through your blood as you smoke it, gets to your brain, and it causes a lot of memory loss. It causes cognitive skills, mood changes, two-fold risk of psychosis, long-term. Now, what I learned about this, preparing for this segment, is it affects your heart. It actually causes heart attack four, five, four times, increases your heart rate, and on and on. We're seeing in Colorado, we had 13 kids that came to the emergency, ended up in the ICU as a result of overdose from marijuana. Now we have crack babies coming in because pregnant women are smoking this whole marijuana business. What bothers me as a doctor... Is this whole concept of medical marijuana? Because I think it's a safe haven for a lot of these companies and saying, like, hey, it's for medical marijuana, it helps kids with seizure. This is the biggest scam I've ever so, seen. And I challenge any doctors, come to my Twitter or Facebook, convince me how this is healthy for you. I'm a hundred percent against this. I think like people have to come and study these studies in detail. This is complete nonsense.
2: Yes. We have crack babies because women are smoking this marijuana business. Could this
3: guy be any stupider? Is I don't that, think it's possible. That I don't see a possibility for that. This is the stupidest shit I have ever heard. On television.
2: I just I want to know how marijuana causes crack babies. It's fascinating to me. Well the heart attack thing, that was great because he said that he learned that in preparing for this segment, which <laughs> makes me think he's like in his dressing room
3: cramming for this uh, fox segment. Oh, you know, it causes crack, heart attacks. Crack babies. Crack like, babies. That's so debunked as to be like bunked. We don't even know if crack causes crack babies, but then <laughs> there's marijuana, which certainly does not cause crack babies. But you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously, this guy's an idiot and obviously whatever, but, like, it kind of goes to show that we are close to the end of this fight. Because if they're that desperate and that idiotic— <laughs> Just literally and just, out of anything to say. They're just making stuff yeah. up and just throwing things at the wall, like, totally out of things, out of any argument. And and, and and that there might be someone out there listening that thinks marijuana causes crack babies. Like, Well, see, that's the frustrating part. Because, like you said, <laughs> they're clearly out of shit to say. They're
2: just coming up with whatever— but there has to be someone who's watching fox and friends sure. who've already kind of lost them there sure. that
3: that that's thinking oh marijuana causes crack babies it's it's ridiculous uh, <laughs> I, I it's hard <laughs> to even fathom that that's real like that sounds like the onion that sounds like somebody talking like it's satire right and even even recently i saw a poll where i think 6 out of 10 millennial uh people who identify as conservatives or republicans even there for legalization of pot so This guy isn't even preaching to the converted. He's preaching to the inverted. Like he doesn't even. He's a medical doctor. And he said that crack babies
2: are caused by this marijuana business. He also (laughs) called medical marijuana the biggest scam he's ever seen.
3: Okay. So, well, him getting on television is the biggest scam I've ever seen.
2: Well, the fact that so. he actually was on television on a news program, right. albeit Fox News, but a news <laughs> program in the 21st century is is amazing to me. Yeah,
3: and there's other dumb shit people are saying out there also. We can't just limit it to this one idiot. No,
2: there's a bunch. Let's let's go to, uh, well,
3: I mean, you probably have heard of Pat Robertson. Yeah, and he's actually said positive things about pot in the past, which surprised me. But then here he went. This one seemed like a senior moment. I don't
2: know how many people out there uh, religiously watch The 700 Club. If you missed it, uh, here is what Pat had to say.
0: God gave you and me as human beings authority. He gave us dominion over everything on this earth, over all the animals, all the snakes, all the birds, all the plants, all the vegetables. Cocaine is a product of a vegetable. Alcohol is a product of a vegetable. Marijuana is a vegetable. And yet people are enslaved to vegetables. And you were made in the image of God. Why would you become a slave to a vegetable? Why? Why would you do it? God Almighty can deliver you from the bondage of your addiction, your slavery to vegetables. He can set you free.
3: Why, Danny? (laughs) Why would you become a slave to a vegetable? I guess I just never understood it, but this man (laughs) himself is a vegetable. (laughs) He is an idiot. I Who... The, was it the seven ten club? Is that what it's uh, called? No, it's the seven hundred club. Oh, okay. It's, um, okay. You know, he's a televangelist. I'm familiar and, with his idiocy, yeah. but I just never thought that someone would say something so stupid. You have
2: dominion over all the snakes, even and that all part. It's ridiculous that
3: God gave us dominion over. Like, we're all equal on this planet. There's no, there's no dominions. As soon as you start giving each other dominion over things, it's you know the the, the your your uh, that's that's a lost of the, cause yeah. at that point. You know,
2: it's the beginning of the end. Are you um, – let me ask you this. I know it's not the, the primary thing that we're debating here,
3: but um, is marijuana a vegetable? You know, <laughs> that's another thing. We could argue about that <laughs> as well. I mean, to me, it's a flower, an herb. And, I mean, I guess – I don't know if you'd call that a vegetable. It's something we consume. It's not asparagus. You know, it's not yeah. broccoli. i pretty not, sure
2: it's classified as an herb. I think an herb, a flower. He could have
3: stopped at plants. We had dominion over all the plants. Vegetables. But then he went to – and cocaine is a vegetable and right what well how is that guy talking about i mean at some point i mean he's he's way past retirement age like (laughs) what why is this guy still on television yapping at people and who are the people who are listening to him and agreeing with this i it's mind (sighs) boggling the mind wobbles this one for whatever reason actually found enjoyable (laughs) <laughs> the first one,
2: I, the first one pissed me off. I was like gnashing my teeth and I felt like I was angry. This one, I mean, I laughed. It's yeah. hilarious. And, right. you know, I was always told to eat my vegetables. But,
3: yeah. I don't know, Dan. I'm just going to, I have to step outside and, and consume some vegetables. Man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You look like you could use some veggies right now. I'm a slave
3: um, to those veggies, man.
2: All right. So let's jump from that to stoned rabbits. What do you think about these stone <laughs> rabbits, man? These
3: stories. Just keep getting stupid. Yeah, we literally –
2: we were putting this show together and we came up with uh, crack, bunnies, and vegetables
3: for our (laughs) news lead. So what did this idiot from the DEA say?
2: Um, Utah is moving towards uh, some pot reform there. And, of course, they had a DEA agent come and testify to a Senate panel in Utah. And uh, he used to work in uh, marijuana eradication, which, of course, is uh, destroying – plants outside and he did that I'd in utah i'm trying to
3: work on that too i guess yours is
2: uh, also destruction of plants right he's not he's not something uh, we can agree upon
3: yes well
2: i think <laughs> your methods that. are different but right. uh you're both very efficient <laughs> in destroying those plants okay if i put you and this gentleman in utah and you guys race to see who could destroy more plants it might be a close race so anyway he is testifying um and he, he somehow he veers off in this very odd tangent and he says to a Senate uh, panel in Utah that uh, rabbits that he had seen out in the wild had cultivated a taste for marijuana. So he says, quote, one of them refused to leave us and we took all the marijuana around him. But his natural instincts to run were somehow gone. So that's uh, Matt Fairbanks' warning of the danger of possible stone rabbits should Utah legalize pot.
3: Wow. Yeah. Is, is this real life? That's all I can ask. It- is that? See, I mean, that's not an onion story. No, this is real. That is not satire. This happened. That is an actual person whose tax money that we pay go to his salary, and he is telling us we can't legalize pot because rabbits will get high and depend on marijuana. Mm-hmm. I I I don't even I don't even know where to begin. I don't know. That See, is...
2: the, the, he must really believe this because you can't make something like that up. There's no, no way he was like,
3: "I, I know what'll convince them, <laughs> rabbits." No, he had an experience with a rabbit. Clearly, and he might have been stoned. I don't know. I mean, when you're when you're, as someone who does a, a, a fair share of marijuana eradication themselves, <laughs> I gotta say, sometimes, you know, the eradication might get the best of you. But this guy. I mean, he must have had a a, a moment with this rabbit. And the rabbit didn't run away. Mm. I don't even know if that's a bad thing. Is it? Yeah. so, So the rabbits aren't afraid of humans anymore. Does that mean, like, is that bad news for the rabbits? Is that good news for the rabbits? I mean, maybe the humans will feed them. Maybe the humans will eat them. Uh, Are they pets? Are they meat? (laughs) Regardless of whether it's good or bad, this already happens
2: where wild animals become dependent on humans who are in their environment. I mean, that's a this is more of an environmental question than a marijuana question. But it blows my mind that this is a DEA agent and he is speaking at a state senate panel and testifying
3: of the dangers of possibly stoned but this is Utah. That's the state you're talking it's, about, right? It is Utah. Okay. Yes. Right. Well, let's at least let's not like assume it's a state that has like rational policy. And this rabbit was helping him eradicate the marijuana yes, yeah. so they're allies they are allies he should be he should be proud of that right? the
2: rabbit should get a badge i think for the <laughs> dea is a, a special How marijuana eradicator are these three stories well crack, actually that's bunnies, a good point I,
3: vegetables
2: i would like um maybe people to email or tweet us because i want to go over this next week tell us what do you think is the most convincing anti-pot argument here <laughs> that you heard today uh crack babies uh stone bunnies or dimin- uh, slavery
3: to vegetables. Those are your options. Tell us uh, – rank them for us. How desperate are these morons, though? Like, that's I, that's the good that, – that's – I mean, if you're going to have a, a takeaway from this that's positive, it's like they have lost the plot They've entirely. lost so they've. much that they've got nothing left. I mean, they're higher than we are. Yeah. it's <laughs> To come up with this, though. Yeah, so – Well, you guys are. I hope you guys got a laugh out of that. Because all three of those stories are dead true. You can look up all of these things. uh, And (laughs) this is really the prohibitionist argument nowadays. So. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, we love it. Keep it <laughs> Thanks. coming. Thanks for the good work. And you can see uh, some
2: posts on that on uh, hightimes.com if you so choose. Um, what do you say we take a quick look at the new issue of High Times, the May 2015 issue?
3: Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting issue. The cover is like a, a 420 sort of treatment because, of course, it comes out uh, in April. And uh, it's sort of a 420 super celebration, all, all kinds of things you can do for 420. I, I listed it some strains in there that you can smoke. Uh, what honor. does that exactly mean? Like t- strains that pertain directly to the holiday or strains you would recommend for it? It's strains that are named for people who we love in the in the industry. Dr. Grinspoon and Jorge's Diamonds and Jack Herrer and uh, I don't want to give them all away, but th- that's, that's what that is. And uh, yeah, there's a spring planting guide similar to what we did uh, last week, but much longer and much more, uh, uh, you know. More in depth, More you know, depth. it's a, yeah. you know, it's a real planting guide. We also,
2: mm-hmm. we have 10 tips for lazy pot growers. No, oh, no. Sorry, no?
3: 10 tips for auto flowering plants. Um sorry. Not lazy <laughs> pot growers. Sorry, Jeff. Plenty of people who aren't lazy grow auto flowering plants. There's lots of reasons you might want to uh, grow them. And so here's 10 tips for people who choose them. Now, <laughs> I know, obviously, there's lots of people who don't like them or poo-poo them or whatever, but... Uh, The truth is they exist, and they're out there, and they serve a purpose. And so here's uh, an article from a correspondent in Europe talking about um, ways that you can uh, increase your harvests and things that you should think about, specifically when growing autoflowering plants. And uh, I think it does a nice service for all the lazy uh, people out there. I mean— We are, of course, just kidding. Uh,
2: We (laughs) realize that it is for people who are pressed with time. It's more convenient. Right. Yes, so that's an excellent one. Um, of course, the 420 forever.
3: Work challenged. Work ch- <laughs> <laughs> um, We have animals on drugs. Now yeah. tell us about this. It's a great article um, by Sirius J, and it's about how basically we learn to take drugs from animals. Um, and that's a fact. It's about animals on drugs, panthers and all kinds of different animals that eat uh, psilocybin, and, and all kinds of ways that they get high, and then they sort of taught us to get high. So, thank you, animals. Yeah, for thanks. The, yeah, for the wonderful uh, treats that you've taught us over the years in your fuzziness. Some of you, some of them.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
3: absolutely. Thank, thanks, animals. Yeah, um, our our old pal Russ Belville has an article in here about prohibition and um, how prohibition is sort of the child of racism and. Um, basically going into how the drug war, uh, you know, the war on us has sort of been used as a pretext in a lot of ways to uh, take away people's rights. And now we're obviously seeing that play out in places like Ferguson and and all over, Uh, you know, just the denial of our basic rights. But it started with the drug war. um, And, you know, basically, it has roots in you know, racist behavior, obviously, Harry Anslinger, and all the things that they said, so fingerprints of racism are all over Prohibition, and it's laid out very well here in this article. And the interview in this issue is with an absolute badass, (laughs) Joan Jett, Mm. who I love. I think she's amazing. I think her work in The Runaways and as a solo artist, and she's very outspoken about marijuana, about uh, LGBT rights, about all kinds of stuff. And you know, she doesn't give a damn about her bad reputation. <laughs> <laughs> fond of and rock and roll. She's fond of rock and yeah. roll. And uh, a lot of people may not know is a big-time supporter of ending marijuana prohibition, but is. And uh, is a total badass uh, member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and also a friend of the halfling's leaf, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Digging
2: deep there, Danny. Yeah. So that is the uh, the May 2015 issue of High Times. Uh, you can go to headshop.hightimes.com to get that. Also, uh, cover2cover.hightimes.com. That has um, every issue that we've ever made digitally. Yeah. You could subscribe, get them all there, right on your computer or your device. That's a great way to look at it. Uh, before we take a little break, there's something I would like to bring up here. You are and have been in preparation
3: for a bit of a race that's coming up this weekend right yes it is it is march 15th i believe that's sunday is that the 15th yes that is and Yeah, it's a half marathon here in New York City, starting in Central Park, ending down uh, near the World Trade Center, Wall Street area. Half marathon, this is uh, 13 miles? 13 miles plus. 13.1 miles, so just a little over 13 miles, which I've never run that much. Yeah, you think you got that in you? Well, I did 10 miles a couple of days ago, and I feel like if I can do 10, I can probably get 13 out there. Just don't want to be too sore. Mm. But I'm also raising money for the Normal Foundation, and if anybody wants to give anything. I mean, literally, like $5 is awesome, and I would totally appreciate anything you could give. um, And that money goes to the National Organization for the
2: Reform of Marijuana Laws. Yes, to the foundation.
3: It's actually tax-deductible money. Because it goes to normal foundation, Uh, it actually is tax-deductible. So if you want to have a write-off on your 2015 taxes... Uh, You want to throw some money on there? Please do. Is it Uh, true that that you maybe have a benefactor who is going to match
2: whatever you get here? High times. Yes. Yes. High times
3: is going to match. Right now, I think I'm up to about $1,932.
2: That's exactly what you're up to. Yes. Nice. Absolutely.
3: And high times is going to match dollar for dollar, whatever uh, you guys donate. So if I get up to two grand or if I get up to three grand, they're going to double it. And that's all going to go to Normal Foundation. Nothing goes to me. Nothing goes to High Times. Nothing to any individuals. It's all tax-deductible, and it's for a great cause. I'm going to wear a nice big pot leaf T-shirt in the race. <laughs> if you're in New York City and you want to come out and cheer for the for, for me, it's Friday, uh, It's Sunday the 15th of March, um, starting in Central Park, like I said, and working its way down. So say say someone wants to donate. How do they go about it? Okay. Uh, well, there's a website called CrowdRise, C-R-O-W-D-R-I-S-E dot com. So if you go to CrowdRise, um, you can either search for Danny Danko or search for normal and you'll find it will be the first thing that comes up. Or you can put CrowdRise dot com slash Danny Danko NYC slash fundraiser slash Danny Danko. Not sure why it had to be so long. But, long <laughs> you know, the but other you, option, uh, we'll both tweet this out. I'll so tweet it out. Have the and link. Like I said, if, don't don't. You know, don't feel bad if you know five bucks is all you can put on there. It all adds up to a great cause, and it all adds up to your whatever you donate is going to be doubled by uh, Trans High Corporation and High Times Magazine. So it's it's awesome. It's for normal. I'm trying to lose some weight and uh, get healthier, and I feel like you know this is something we can a lot of us people can do in order to raise money for uh, for a good cause and. Um, it's a win-win for me personally because I've been trying to get, you know, the motivation to get out there, lose some weight, get get healthier, and uh, knowing that the money's going to normal is just way more motivation for me to finish. And and you know, even after after the race, I'm going to keep running and doing stuff. But this is a way for you guys to help out uh, and get a tax deduction, and it's all for normal uh, national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. And I hope you guys contribute because even if just a few of you give just a little bit of money, we're going to reach our goal and we are going to legalize pot.
2: Yeah, so support Danny, support Normal, go ahead and donate at crowdrise.com. Uh, just real quick, your take on smoking before, during, after a
3: race? What do you think? I'm probably not going to smoke during. Mm hmm. I uh, might do a dab or smoke half a joint or something beforehand because I tend to get a, get high before I do, like, the longer runs and yeah. things like that. I, I enjoy that. And then definitely afterwards, right? Oh, so, <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, limping ain't easy. You know, that's what they say. But I'll probably be limping. I'll probably be pretty sore. Uh, maybe do, like, a uh, Epsom salt cannabis-infused hot bath or something like that afterwards. Yeah, uh, there's a mental picture I didn't need. <laughs> All right,
2: well, uh, guys, please do uh, contribute. It's a great cause. And uh, we're going to take a little break,
3: but we're going to be back with our interview featuring Dana Beale, a, a cannabis legalization legend for, geez, over 40 years, founder of the Yippies, uh, friend of the f- uh, founder of High Times Magazine, Thomas King Forsad, and just a long, long, long time advocate for marijuana law reform here in New York City and nation and worldwide. Also, the founder of the uh, million marijuana march and the big rally here every may in new york so uh yeah we'll we will be back with the legendary dana beal all right you guys i gotta mention longtime advertiser bc northern lights these guys make the greatest grow boxes they're made up in vancouver canada uh Everything that you need. Touchscreen technology. Um, They're built to grow. They have all different chambers, lighting built in, everything built in, fully automated experience. Um, If you're interested in one, give them a call, 888-236-1266. That's 888-236-1266. Or you can check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. You can even check them out at facebook.com slash bcnorthernlights. Here's the deal. They are expensive, but you get what you pay for, and you get a machine that grows over and over. It's isn't like a refurbished cabinet. This is a machine built to grow. Um, everything in there is made specifically for growing, and they've upgraded these things over and over for over a decade. So, um, oh, and the other thing is they have great customer service. Basically, they become your consultants for your grow, um, and that's built into the cost of the machine. You can call them anytime at that number, and ask questions if you have problems if you have deficiencies if you have heat issues whatever it might be they're going to help you through it and that's peace of mind and that means you can grow your own and have free weed year round check them out bcnorthernlights.com 888-236-1266 All right, we are back, and uh, we have an absolute legend in the studio today—a uh, marijuana legalizer since before most of you were born, and uh, also an activist in the in the Yippies, the Youth International Party, uh, founder founder of the Yipster Times in 1972, longtime uh, New York City, uh, America, global activist, uh, founder of the Global Marijuana March, and many other things. Also, uh, someone who was there at the at the very beginnings of, of High Times Magazine and, a, and a, a cohort of our founders, Dom Forsad, Mr. Dana Beal. Welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's start with uh, the beginnings of your activism, and maybe you could just discuss a little bit about how uh, how you got interested in being, you know, involved in uh, social activism and marijuana law reform, and all of the things that you've done?
4: Well, I had a background in civil rights. Actually,
3: I was—I
4: uh, when I was sixteen, hitchhiked to the "I Have a Dream" speech. Martin Luther King. Yeah, I was actually physically at the foot of the Lincoln Memorial stairs for the speech, and uh, I just loved uh, demonstrating. I always loved it and I went to different kinds of demonstrations and uh, in 1967 there was an incident in Tompkins Park where the police came in and arrested everybody at a picnic that was being put on by the War Resisters League for the crime of being on the grass right Mm -hmm. and uh, this was not like marijuana. This is just like regular
3: lawn grass. Just sitting on the lawn. Uh, Sitting on the lawn. And this is 1967. Right. And this is like... New York City. It really
4: upset the locals because there were, at that time, Lower East Side had a lot of Hispanic people living in it. And they dragged a pregnant, visibly pregnant woman across an iron fence. And this just really upset a lot of people. So my friend and I, um, AJ, were... Tripping on Meslam Mm -hmm. And we walked down uh, Or actually up 1st Avenue And see a big crowd of people In front of like the Ninth precinct And we thought first first, This is like a We're tripping We were tripping but it wasn't an hallucination Mm -hmm. Anyway this led to about Three days of of just confusion And finally there were Some kind of uh, Fights between the hippies Who were from out of town and the locals who were largely hispanic and we decided the best thing to do is break out the weed because you know basically marijuana in large groups of people inculcates peace mm-hmm. and al- alcohol causes fights so we fa- thought they need more more weed less alcohol and we had the
3: first smoking and it was around memorial day of 1967 1967 Smoke-in in Tompkins Square Park in New right. York City. Well, we went on to do uh, a little smoke-in when The Grateful Dead arrived. Uh-huh. And this was the
4: first Dead show uh, at the Banshell. And they were surprised to see all these people lighting up because actually in California, though, they had this uh, reputation of Hayden Ashburn and everything. They were, well, you know, you've probably read the electric Kool-Aid acid test. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the... Central figure, uh, Ken Kesey gets arrested a couple times for weed. For just like really minor. Possession. Bullshit. You know? A joint. And, and, you know, like does six months in the county slammer after a long travail. Well, so they were amazed to see this, and we did it all summer until the weed ran out. And at this point, the uh, feds had somebody approach me and talk me into like. Parting with my personal LSD stash like Biggest mistake I ever made I was set up, mm-hmm. busted for acid And then then Oddly enough, after that The weed started up again And I went through a, a period of time And then I finally had to like leave New York After a second Marijuana bust But I think I should like point out to people There was a movement before me It was called LEMAR It had Ed Sanders and Allen Ginsberg in it both of whom went on to do other stuff and kind of dropped the weed thing, and this is before Normal. Normal did not start mm-hmm. until
3: 1972,
4: mm-hmm. so uh, there was this period of time when the Yippies, uh, following Abby Hoffman's 18-point program, which point four was legalize weed and psychedelics, decriminalize narcotics, which is still kind of like our position, right? Mm-hmm. Um, had you know, pretty much the whole issue mm-hmm. to ourselves. Right. Until until Keith got the bright idea that he should <laughs> do some follow up to the Schaefer Commission. Which right. is, was a good thing. It's just that Nixon did not agree. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. And um among uh many things we could talk about, uh you were there at the founding of High Times and you knew the founder as well as uh, uh uh, sort of a compatriot in well, what the, had happened the movement is here.
4: Tom went and searched me out because I was, had become a legend. I was like the Scarlet Pimpernel. I was never anywhere, but I was everywhere. And I was a fugitive, but I was like op- openly living under a series of aliases. And I was not that well-known despite being a legend of the Lower East Side. He wanted to find me, so he found me up at uh, Yale at uh, on on the uh, the Common in New Haven. And, and we linked up, and we were friends ever after. And then when I was busted in 1971 in Madison, Wisconsin, he came, well, Abby and Jerry said that, oh, this guy's a brilliant guy, he's one of us, um, he's the chief theoretician of the Yippies, um, and uh, planted a really good article about me in the New York Times, but Tom actually came to visit me. This is a long story short, Um, when I got out, it was right before the Democratic Convention, a whole dispute had broken out between Abby and Tom over steal this book. Abby gave all the money to bail out the Panther 21. Tom wanted $3,000 of that money for having edited the book. And um, they had a, a trial that didn't resolve anything. So Tom started his own organization called the Zippies. Okay. Basically to so, give Abby a hot foot. Right. So, and uh, I got out and Abby for, buttonholed me and said, you must denounce Tom as a COINTELPRO agent. And, and I will make you the head of the Yippies. And my attitude was twice, you know, the guy came and saw me in jail. I'm not going to do it. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's kind of a weed dealer. And if you denounce him as a government agent, it could be like this. right. It could right. be fatal. And anyway, if Abby can give me the leadership of the yippies, he can take it away. Sure. <laughs> well, as things worked out, Abby got busted the next year for dealing coke. He got right. busted for a lot of coke, three yeah. kilos of coke, of which only nine ounces were actual cocaine. The Most of it was lidocaine that he got from his brother's pharmaceutical products company. <laughs> Tom went on to, to, to like, start High Times. Abby went underground, right? Mm-hmm. So it would have been a really bad idea to take Abby's offering, offering right, right? right? And what happened was that High Times just kind of grew like Topsy. It just grew up. It became like a phenomenon. It became huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tom kept trying to follow his dream, which is to be Howard Hughes. He wanted to make movies.
3: He never made a movie that didn't suck. <laughs> And, you the, know, the the Sex Pistols movie, the DoA, well, but that was
4: after he was dead.
3: It was reedited, or it was well. Yeah,
4: yeah, it didn't really come out while he was around. Okay, and I I don't think that uh, DoA is that great. Okay, but you know the point is um, he made this movie called The Smugglers that just didn't have any in, any legs. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have, well, if we'd only known, uh, probably the magazine should have gone in the direction of. Being more like wired because the whole computer thing was about to happen. And Captain Crunch came and told me there's these two guys named Steve who want to build their own computer. <laughs> and I didn't follow up on it. Ooh,
1: what a mistake. <laughs> uh,
4: but, uh, you know, then, you know, like Tom was like basically by this point bringing in really big plane loads of weed. Mm-hmm. And I once, you know, helped him dispose because I know everybody on the lower his side. <laughs> a large amount of weed in a short period of time, <laughs> and then the next time they did it, they crashed into a tree. Okay, he lost his best friend, became depressed, and you know the rest is history, as they say. He, right, kind of killed himself, which in, was a in tragedy. Ni- in
3: 1978. 1978. Yeah. Um, well,
4: what what happened was, I'll, I'll just not lie into what happened next. What happened next was some people tried to put heroin on the front cover, and you, you had people here. Uh, you had a little heroin problem with the magazine. And they had to come in and kind of fire all those people. But they wanted to, like, kind of, everybody was doing coke. You have to understand, at this time, there was coke in the magazine. It was a random right. Oh, yeah, we've yeah. seen the centerfolds and everything. Yeah. Right. Well, they figured, well, we can just introduce heroin. But there were a lot of people who said, that's going too far.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
4: we knew, you know, that basically it's death. Yeah. Right. And we got into a lot of trouble for stopping that. A lot of people hated us. But we stopped it at high times. We stopped it at the Village Voice. And then they went ahead and did a heroin cover at the Soho Weekly News, which is kind of a third choice. I got into a big dispute with the Soho Weekly News. And then, um, after we had a smoke-in in Washington Square Park and marched over to the Soho Weekly News, there was nothing more we could do except this obscure psychedelic drug from Africa, was reputed to get rid of heroin overnight. And that was Ibogaine. And that was how Ibogaine really came out of the people who in Holland went on to start the coffee shops, right? Except Ronald Reagan was coming in, and we could not get the government to agree to separate marijuana and hard drugs, right? And in, in Holland, it worked really well. They had much lower incidence of heroin use after 10 years of the coffee shop model and much lower AIDS and much lower hepatitis C. Under Ronald Reagan, we got crack. We got violence. We got all these bad things. We got the CIA smuggling cocaine. We got just a million bad things Mm -hmm. under Ronald Reagan's war on drugs. But at the end of that time, we had developed Ibogaine as a cure for addiction. And what Ibogaine does is half an hour after you take it, your heroin withdrawal is gone. Hmm. And then it turns into this other thing that's like Prozac that gives you, like, heightens your serotonin so you're not depressed after you you kick drugs. And finally, it expresses this nerve growth factor that starts regenerating your brain cells, which, you know, for somebody who's done a lot of, like, crystal meth, they need that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So anyway, the point is, we went on... uh, We were like cruising along, we're doing pretty well, and then this this guy named Giuliani came in, and he decided to ban our annual parade. Uh, And we we called for something called the Million Marijuana March. Right. And that grew until it
3: became the worldwide marijuana march in 330 cities. It's still going on. Well, it's a very formative uh, moment for me in my life, because it was the first time I met Jack Herrer. there in, uh, I believe it was one of the Battery Park. It was Battery Park, yeah. It was Battery Park, and Jack was We'd there. We'd been ejected from Washington Square Park. I, yeah, I worked for, uh, yeah, I remember we went to Washington Square Park and Giuliani had f- made a family day or something like that. Right. So then we were informed somehow by somebody who was there, hey, it's you gotta go down to Battery Park. So we went to Battery Park and I was selling t-shirts, uh, iPod Leaf NY shirts, and I was just kind of, you know, checking it out. But, and then I got to meet Jack and, uh, the police were very heavy handed. They had, uh, you know, processing vans or those big, you know, processing RVs kind of four years later, I think it was, Mm -hmm. or
4: three years later, they did get up to 315 arrests. Yeah. But we just weathered the storm. Yeah. And you know, of course, Bloomberg wasn't that much greater. He basically
3: continued the same policies. He continued
4: the same policies, but they kind of eased up on just the pure First Amendment thing of allowing us to do our annual rally. It was like Giuliani wanted to get rid of free speech. Bloomberg just said, well, I'm against smoking. I got a no smoking policy. Mm -hmm. You can't smoke tobacco. You can't smoke pot.
3: Right. Uh,
4: But eventually we got de Blasio, who is really cool about letting people demonstrate thereby <laughs> really exciting the ire of the New York State, uh, the New York City police.
3: Right. Alright, well, uh, do you have any, any stories maybe about uh, the old high times days between like, uh, 74 and you know, 1980 or 78? Well, might, I don't know. I mean, you know,
4: like, uh, well,
2: how
3: about uh, nitrous? Oh,
2: yeah, he
4: loved nitrous. We've man. heard a he lot He always about was nitrous having nitrous. Back. He was always having... I, I didn't never think much of nitrous, so I didn't partake. Well, now, we had
2: heard that the magazine was conceived of during, a, you know, a nitrous experience. Do
3: you know anything about that? It well could be. Um, part of the reason for this show and part of our philosophy is that um, growing marijuana um, is actually also a political act. Well, as, as, long,
4: as, as, as long as it's against the law... And federal law of manufacturing uh, controlled substance it is kind of an act of civil disobedience I'd like to get rid of that law
3: yeah well that's what we're trying to do um, but part of overthrowing the government is also overgrowing the government and uh, I do believe that uh, you know trying to get people to just grow even if it's just five or six plants um, for themselves or for a patient that they well, know I'm
4: always I'm always for like people um, seizing the means of production.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, how, now how can people uh, keep in touch with what's going on with the rally, with uh, – um, I know you guys recently got evicted out of Nine Bleecker, um, the Yippie, yeah, we, m- the Yippie Museum. Yeah,
4: we've had to move to the uh, the synagogue on 38th Street.
3: The synagogue, okay. Yeah, so this is a synagogue is there...
4: with a past of being um, – there's a group called Cholent, Hasidic hipsters who smoke pot. Wow, interesting. <laughs> and so there's this uh, whole – that like, sounds like a fun party. You don't There's hear whole that every synagogue. day. I live in the in the top floor, but it has no heat. Oh.
3: So, we have people listening from all over the world, not and, just New York City, so and, is there a website? Is there an Yeah, email? you can
4: go to Cures Not Wars, Cures not warsorg dot org. You can call me. I'll give my number. I've have, we have two numbers. Right. There's the six four six seven one three sixteen ninety. And the 347-343-1791. Three, three, There's 1690 and 1791.
3: All right. If you guys want to get involved with the March, uh, May 2nd here in New York City, if you want to find out what's going on with uh, Ibogaine, uh, with um, the work that Dana's doing, 646-713-1690. Six, six, one, one, Give me a call. All right, you guys, we'll call Dana Beal. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We'll be right back. Hey, just a reminder, this episode is brought to you guys by BC Northern Lights Grow Boxes. So don't fuck around. Get yourself a grow box and start growing today. These things are fully automated and they work best. The producer, the bloom box, the roommate – they're like friends with benefits. Get yourself a grow box. Eight 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 two three six twelve sixty six 236 1266
2: com. All right. Well, we we've made it uh, into the cultivation section of this show. Yeah, and it seems like it
3: may have even been a fortnight since I the believe last. It has been a fortnight. Yeah. Do you have a, a strain of the fortnight for do. us? I do. And this one is called Jorge's Diamonds Number 1. It's named in honor of the great Jorge Cervantes, who uh, is a mentor, uh, my predecessor here in writing the cultivation question and answer column here in high times, Uh, a great friend. And we all owe uh, a great debt to the man who gave us all that useful grow information for all of these many years um we gave him a lifetime achievement award recently and he's got a great new encyclopedia coming out basically a cannabis encyclopedia you can pre-order it now on amazon so uh check that out we're gonna have excerpts from that in high times magazine as well um so yeah proud to announce the the return of, of jorge to high times and uh I mean, he's never left, but now he's going to have some of that sections of that book. And, you know, he's always at the events and stuff. So we, we love him and we're happy to have him. But more about the strain. It's an indica-dominant strain. Um, takes its name uh, partly from Jorge and then partly from the uh, tremendous amount of trichomes that it produces that shine like diamonds, uh, as Rihanna might say. And, uh, yeah, extremely resinous. Uh, hard to really overstate how much these buds sort of gleam in the in the light Um, growers love it Uh, growers love growing it because it's uh, got some pretty heavy yields and good resistance to pests and mold um so people in northern regions and stuff might try it um people in places where powdery mildew might be a problem uh try the jorge's diamonds number one um smokers love it because uh there's lots of different kind of nuanced taste notes to it you know it's not just a one note Uh, flavor uh, and the high is is extremely potent and powerful so that's the jorge's diamonds number one it was high times top 10 strain in 2008 uh one of the top 10 and uh as for a contact you can go to dutch-passion.nl um it's dutch passion seeds who created this strain with the uh uh overseeing and the help of jorge himself so um yeah check out the strain jorge's diamonds number one and always uh, you know, get on Amazon and pre-order the new Cannabis Encyclopedia by Jorge Cervantes, and be sure to check out a future High Times magazine in which we will excerpt uh, sections of the book.
2: Yeah, do all of those things, and um, excited to have Jorge back in the fold here at High Times. You know, for the the cultivation topic this week, um, we thought we would do a little something where we have a this or that type scenario. And Danny Danko selects one or the other and then gives you a bit of the information as to why he is picking that one. So let's just get started with probably the most basic thing that, that new growers are going to ask themselves. Indica versus sativa.
3: Okay. Uh, that's a tough one, but I go with sativa. Um, everything really out there is hybrids. My, my answer, my firm answer to that is sativa. But um, as a caveat, I'll say that everything out there um, in the general public um, that we have access to is a hybrid. It's part indica and part sativa um, in varying degrees. So there's indica dominant and there's sativa dominant. And, you know, a lot of people worry about growing sativas because they're afraid of a longer flowering time, they're afraid of lower yields, but the truth is um, there's lots of sativa dominant hybrids, um, such as strawberry cough and and many others that are actually great yielders and finish in 60 to 65 days. So um, And that's, you know, not any much longer than most indicas that you know some extreme, extremely indica dominant plants will be forty five or fifty days, but most strains finish around sixty days. So um, yeah, and I just think sativas have uh, more of a subtlety to them. As I get older, I can appreciate uh, the sativa high, the electric up sort of feeling that you get from those plants. The t- the specific terpene profile of sativas is just more pleasant to me. Um, of course, you know, at night, you know, there's always time for indicas. There's always uh, a time and a place. But if I had to pick one or the other, I think I'd go with the sativa dominant hybrid in that uh, in that case.
2: All right, great. So we have sativa there. Now let's move on to the next step you got to ask yourself.
3: Seeds or clones? Okay. Well, this one's also tough. I mean, I'm going to say clones is my answer because ultimately you want to be growing from clones. But you don't get a clone without growing something out from seeds to start with. So um, yeah, I mean, genetics is such an important part of growing. And so many people get this wrong. Uh, You really want, you want the genes that you want to keep the genetics that you want to grow over and over by having a mother plant of that genetics. So uh, you find something you like, you want to hang on to it and grow it many times over not from seed, because it's going to be different every time, uh, you know, with varying degrees, but from clone and the other thing about cloning is you know if you're growing for any type of production i would say any garden bigger than 10 or 20 plants you you really want that that to be from clones because you'll get the level canopy each plant will behave the same way uh you won't have uh, all these striking differences in big tall plants and and little short stocky plants that you will if you're growing in general from from seed so yeah i'm gonna have to go with clone on that on that but the important thing is you know uh, about basically producing a mother plant and then being able to take clones from that mother over and over for your harvests and uh, all that takes is a little bit of practice and a little bit of uh, planning and um, pheno hunting you know finding the right phenotype for you and hanging on to it you don't want to be surprised every time you harvest by you know uh, something you really like that you can never grow again or, or you spend all this time and you ended up growing something you don't like so I'm going with clones. Clones it is. And now Elite the- clones. I mean, Elite you know, clones. Not yeah. just
2: any old clone. Not just any old you clone. You've got to find
3: the right clone. And you also should be aware that when you're getting clones from friends or from a dispensary, you never know what's coming, you know, what's riding along with that clone uh, as far as pests and diseases and things. So, you know, quarantine out any clones that you get. Um, but ideally, you have a mother plant of your own and you're producing clones of your own. And that's what you're growing out every time you, you, uh, you, go, you do a grow.
2: All right, and now the next uh, the next one here. This You really kind of have to commit here. So, and a lot of people ask themselves this. They're not sure where to turn. What would you say, hydro or soil?
3: Uh, I'm going soil. Uh, technically, the word soil is kind of a misnomer because most of the uh, quote-unquote soils that we're talking about actually don't contain any soil. They're soilless mixes, but they act like soil. So they're like very airy soil, like something like a... A peat mix like a pro mix or even cocoa in some instances i mean you could argue that that's sort of hydro as well but i'd go with the peat mix um five gallon or larger buckets and uh, soil is just more forgiving than hydro i mean the hydro has its benefits and obviously if you're going to go really big warehouse style you really should consider hydro in that case but for anybody growing for their own purposes and if you're trying to really impress people and if you're not, you know, if you don't have a big warehouse type type space, um, soil is more forgiving. Soil is easier to work with. Um, hand watering is just, you know, it gets you closer to the plants. And, and with soil, it's much easier to use um, organics and uh, veganics and things like that, living, um, you know, uh, beneficial bacteria, all the things that create a living soil. You can duplicate that indoors or out with soil and it's much much harder to do with hydro i mean hydro is really all about uh you know very simple synthetic clear nutrients because um you don't want things clogging you don't want uh you know algae forming in reservoirs and things like that so i'm going soil i'm going soil and because you went soil we
2: could ask the next one which is indoor or outdoor
3: (laughs) all right um that's a tough one, you know, having done both outdoor – I'm going outdoor just because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, ultimately, you kind of want greenhouse growing, which is kind of in between the two. You have all of the the benefits of outdoor, meaning you use the sunshine that you've got uh, naturally and uh, that sort of thing. And you have all the benefits of indoor, meaning you can control the environment a little better than just being out in, you know, the backyard with uh, all of the elements – Um, at work so things like rain and wind and all kinds of stuff like that you don't have to deal with but outdoor is just uh yeah i mean i if you consider a greenhouse to be outdoor then i'm definitely gonna go with outdoor because there's nothing like bud that's grown from the sun um indoor is great i mean obviously people love it because you know you get these nice thick dense buds and and you know you take a little bit of extra care with it and it's never really been messed with by things like wind and rain so you do get a sort of a prettier product but uh outdoor just seems to have a more more of a full flavored full bodied feeling to it and i think that just has to do with uh, the sunshine and that sort of thing and sunshine's free um growing outdoors gives you a negative carbon footprint so i'm going outdoor all right,
2: outdoor it is. And now we, we want to look at organic versus synthetic, but there's a couple of sections here. So let's start with nutrients. Very important aspect of growing. Do you go, I, I already
3: know the answer here, but <laughs> do you go organic or synthetic? Uh, yeah, I'm going organic with that as well. And even with organics, I mean, light feeding, you know, very light feeding. I know Cushman's been on here a bunch talking about this as well, but it's always important to stay on the on the lower end of the spectrum, because uh, underfeeding is much easier to fix than overfeeding. And overfeeding is really I mean, it's just, it's almost never fully back to normal. Whereas underfeeding, you can always add a little more. If you see a little yellowing, you add a little more. But um, overfeeding is just once it's there, even when you flush the plants out, then they've gone a week or so with all of that. And by the time you noticed it, Um, All that salt buildup is there for for a long period of time. It's very difficult to get out. So when you see people whose plants have burnt tips and things like that, um, you know, that's clearly an example of overfeeding. And they've gone basically to the limit of what you can do. And and it's hard, even over a two- or three-week flush, to get all of that out. I mean, some of it's just there forever. So I'm going organic with a very light feeding system, uh, veganic, anything you can do to make it – basically as mild as possible without uh you know without having nutrient deficiencies is ideal
2: all right and uh, same thing organic synthetic but with pest control
3: same thing <laughs> same thing i i definitely don't recommend synthetic pest control i mean there's situations obviously that people get into where um it may be necessary or they may deem it necessary but ultimately if you use integra- integrated pest management uh, You know, which means basically just a bunch of different things, you know, uh, vigilance, constant, constantly checking the undersides of the leaves, the surface of the soil, um, places in the stem where the leaf meets the stem, all the places where bugs can hide um, so you can catch them quickly. That's important. Uh, You know, regular treatments with mild uh, neem oil or insecticidal soaps, things like that, Um, you know, uh, spray treatments that you also missed off afterwards um and uh predatory insects you know ladybugs and praying mantises and predator mites and things like that if you integrate you know those three systems uh, as well as any you know anything else you might have i know people have all kinds of interesting pepper sprays and things that they use um as long as you're not burning the plants and as long as everything's you know pretty pretty kosher as far as uh the health of your plants goes Uh, I would always say go with organic pest control. All
2: right. Organic it is. And uh, that concludes the this or that. What do you say we move on to uh, listener questions answered by you, Danny Danko, on Free Weed? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it indeed. Our old friend Scott is up first. Sorry, our old friend Mac from Scotland is up first. Uh, Hi, guys. I got to say it was an honor to meet Danny in person and get his autograph at the Amsterdam Cannabis Cup. Nice. Yes. Man, nice meeting you. Mm. My question is uh, recently, for certain reasons, I've decided to give auto flowering strains a try. Uh, all have reasonable yields, but the problem I have is unlike with regular and femme seeds, I don't pot up and just sow straight into the biggest one. And the trouble with that is you can give them too much water too quickly, but if you don't give them enough, it would be just as bad. So, what's the best way of one, finding out how fast the roots are spreading in the medium? I use a soilless mix. And two, Uh, How can I ensure I water the plants with maximum amount without going too far and drowning them, especially early
3: in life? Hope you understand this rabble. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, I think I do. I I guess what he's saying is he plants the seeds in the same container that they end up flowering out in, um, which means it's very difficult, like he says, to be able to tell how big the root system is, and it's very easy to overwater um, or underwater, as the case may be. Um, now, early on in the plant's life, when you, you, you can kind of envision that the root system underground is about the same size as the plant above ground. So if the plant's five or six inches tall, the root system is going to be basically, you know, five to 10 inches down into the, into the medium. And that's the tap root. And from the tap root emanate, you know, all the other roots that sort of push outward from the tap root. Um, ultimately, eventually, you're going to see the root's you know poking out of the bottom of the container and then you know that you can water the whole container but before that time for those first you know let's say two to three weeks of growth um, there's really no need to water all the way until water pours out of the bottom of your container because um, like you said roots aren't even at that place yet so at that point you know you water let's say you got a two gallon container you just water with you know quarter gallon to a half a gallon of uh, liquid and just let it absorb in. But if you see it running out the bottom, you probably did a little too much. Um, In that case, just you know, put it under the lights and wait a little while before your next watering like several days until that top, you know, inch or two is dried out and then water again. But keep in mind that uh, the roots are going to just be in that top few inches of uh, soil. So you really you don't want to let it dry out either. Um, So it's a delicate balance, and uh, it's difficult to know before the roots pop out the bottom of the container how far they've grown in your container, except just to sort of estimate the height of the plant upwards as being about the same amount of the roots underground. Sounds good to me.
2: Thank you, Mac. And actually, before we move on, uh, Mac has reminded me we should add one question to that this or that segment, and that is uh, this, that, or the other. What do you think? Regular? Feminized or autoflower seeds,
3: regular, regular. Yeah, I mean that's if you if you're pheno hunting and you're trying to find a mother plant, uh, yeah. If you're if you're doing something, if you're ending up like I said, growing from clones and all that, you want your mother plant to come from regular seeds. Um, feminized and autoflowering have their place, but not as mother plants. Only, especially not autos, but uh, particularly feminized. Either um, once you know a, a, your plant from seed is female then you basically have feminized clones anyways but i think the genetics are just going to be stronger uh in general from regular seeds rather than feminized regular it is
2: and your penance to uh, for that is to answer several autoflower questions (laughs) let's start with a carlton when growing an autoflower strain what light time should you implement Obviously, it being flower, you wouldn't have to put it under a flower time to encourage flower. But to get a bigger yield, would it be better to put it under a veg time, say 19.5 or so? What do you think?
3: Uh, I think, you know, 18.6 is probably just perfectly fine. Um, 19.5 is okay, too. As long as you have that dark period um, of at least four or five hours, uh, then you'll be fine. I mean, people do it under 12, 12 as well, but uh, it's not necessary, like you said, because the plant's going to f- uh, flower regardless of photo period, you might as well um, give it an extra few hours of light, but that could be 14, it could be 16, um, It could even be 18, if you want it to be. But um, I don't think it really I don't think the plant grows all that much stronger with, for, with an extra hour to a day of light. So um, you know, keep that in mind as well. Alright, thank 18, you.
2: Six, yeah. Eighteen six. All right. Thank you, Carlton. Let's move on to Jeff. And you might remember last week uh, Jeff wrote in um wanting to maybe change uh, how we discuss autoflowering. We uh, call them uh, and lazy. We, uh, he, we might he that was his complaint, yes. And <laughs> and so we discussed that. Well Jeff has a follow up here. Um my May twenty fifteen issue of High Times arrived today, and I see that H T is giving some love and magazine space to autoflower growing. I know this isn't the first time. Uh, please pass on my thanks for that. I hope to see more in the future. Great work. And uh, thanks for everything you do. That's Jeff. Ah, awesome. Thank you, Jeff. Thank
3: you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, the, that's in the May issue, 10 tips for autoflowering plants. So lest anyone think that, uh, you know, we're against that whole idea. I mean, it's it, there's something out there for everybody, and that's just the way it's going to be. And, and uh, you know, we want to let people know how to grow with autoflowering and with feminized and with regulars. All
2: right. So thank you, Jeff. Uh, Let's move on to Rasta Dabs. Hello, Danny Danko and Mike Hughes underscore. A huge fan of the podcast. I just started listening recently and finally made it through all the episodes today. Nice. For the record, that was March 4th. Uh, (laughs) I want a
3: Rasta Dab.
1: Yeah,
2: it sounds pretty good. So great job, guys. I love the show. Keep it up. All pleasantries aside, though, I do have a serious question. I will provide some information... uh, about my grow, I am in one of the southern states that hasn't passed any medical or recreational laws yet, um, so my setup is far from public knowledge, but it's located indoors. Uh, right now, I base my nutrients on an eight-week cycle using the last two weeks plus as flushing time. So the first six weeks is a different mix of nutrients based on what week they're in. I'm using this regiment with success on an eight-week flower cycle. How do I expand this cycle to the 10 to 11 week flowering time required of most sativas. Hmm. What portion of the nutrient cycles should be expanded or should all of them be expanded equally? I would think that the first two weeks of flowering would not need to be extended by three to four days roughly, but that is why I'm a humble grower and I look to you for guidance, Mr. Knowledgeable
3: Danko. (laughs) So uh, what do you think? Help Rasta Dabs out here. What should he do? Yeah, I mean, you're extending the cycle, uh, the flowering time cycle. So if you're going from uh, you said what six weeks or eight weeks? No, eight weeks yeah, to eight weeks. let's say ten or eleven weeks. Uh, you want to add about a week to the early flowering, um, a week to the mid flowering, like that fifth and fifth and sixth or fourth and fifth week that you'd have with the indicas. You ex- extend that an extra week, and that's the period that where you really want to boost your uh, your flowering nutrients, and then you know add uh, a week or so to the flushing. So may- make the flushing period two or three weeks, uh, as well. So, um, basically extend all the periods of flowering, um, particularly the early period as well, because with some sativas that are not going to finish for 11 weeks, you're not going to even see, uh, little puff balls start to form for about three weeks after you've induced flowering. It's still, the plant's still stretching at that point. So, um, you're going to be sticking with your, you know, late veg early flower sort of transitionary phase, um, for an extra week or even maybe an extra two weeks at that time. And then, you know, like I said, that big boost week, that's normally like, um, fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth week that you'd extend to maybe fifth, sixth and seventh week of your, uh, of your flowering period with the sativa and then, um, wind down with like the eighth, ninth and 10th week, that sort of thing.
2: All right. Well, hopefully that helps you out there, Rasta Dabs. Keep us posted on that grow. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yes, definitely. Okay, this next email, this has it all, man. This, this has a question, it has a recommendation, and it has an application. That's pretty good. All right. So Chad writes, um, hello, Danny and Mike. I have a small medically authorized garden, and uh, due to space, I veg with fluorescent lights in one section and flower in the other using 400-watt HPS. Uh, they're enclosed and air-cooled. You can touch the hood anytime it never gets hot. I keep the lights six to eight inches off the top. Uh, The problem is the leaves directly under the light turn yellow within two to three weeks. They remain healthy aside from color, and leaves not directly under the light remain green, even at the same level of the plant. I don't suspect heat, lack of nutrients, or pH problems since the plants are healthy other than the color under the lights. Any ideas on why this happens and if it's a problem that reduces my overall quality?
3: Yes, uh yeah it's light burn, I believe, um which isn't so much heat, but just intensity of light, like too many lumens at surface area, so uh I would say six to eight inches might be a little close, uh, maybe move the light to about a foot to maybe fourteen inches away um see if the problem persists, it should probably go away at that point, but uh you know, just because the light isn't hot to the touch doesn't mean it's not a very intense uh amount of light at the canopy level. So uh, I think it's light burn. uh, As long as it's not newts, like you said, or heat, I think it's just uh, a little too much intensity of light right at that canopy level. And if you raise the light from six to eight to, let's say, 12 to 16, uh, you'll see the problem go away. And yes, it does affect quality as well, because, uh, you know, as the leaves get uh, lighter in color, and if the buds in particular get like lighter in color like that, they're not they're not taking in light anymore they're they're actually going light and color like that because when they're green they're they're able to take in light and when they turn that sort of color they're they're much less able to do that and without being able to absorb light they're not going to be able to grow you know into bigger buds with lots of trichome production and all of that so um raise the light a few inches and see if that doesn't solve the issue
2: All right. Very good. Uh, Hopefully that helps Chad out. And the recommendation is a Danko strain name. Are you ready?
3: Yes. Dankhaus. Dankhaus. Dankhaus.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's very German. Do you have any Dankhaus? (laughs) Dankhaus. D-A-N-K-H-O-U-S-E. That could also be the name
3: of my dispensary, too, maybe. if. Or like your electronica band. You know, like (laughs) Dankhaus. All
2: right. And uh, Chad has an application here, too. He is a qualified audio engineer and would love to offer his services. All right. Uh, well, it's yeah. very kind. Unfortunately, he is located uh, on the other side of the country, and oh. uh, we we do require a physical presence. But but Chad, we really appreciate. Yeah, we're in New York City. We are in New York, um, but we appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you. And thank you for the question, the recommendation, and the application. Uh, let's move on to Adam. Adam says, uh, "Just listen to the end of episode seventy-six, and it was very painful to hear the retiring of the Rick Ross boss sound. Ah." <laughs> So Somebody liked it. <laughs> they really liked it. Nice. Uh, I would still love to hear it randomly inserted in future episodes. <laughs> Granted. You got it, Adam. Uh, continue listening to this very episode and you might just hear it. Um, also, the last two to five seconds of every show is the beautiful surprise at the end, like getting some Keef out of a grinder. <laughs> so.
3: The Keefster egg. <laughs> Keefster
2: egg. Very nice. Uh, thank you, Adam. All right. And uh, finally, let's, let's move on to uh, another Adam Uh, Hello, Captain Mike and Mr. Danko. So in this scenario, I outrank you. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank you both for putting together such an informative podcast. I recently discovered the show and I've been gulping down episodes. Just finished the catalog and I can unequivocally say that you both have put me on the path to a cannabis career. Nice. Uh, I'm a noob to the culture and living in Florida. November can't come soon enough. Uh, P.S., I recently subscribed to High Times Magazine through the official webpage, but I didn't see any information on when the magazine usually ships, so I decided to check Barnes & Noble for more information. However, to my surprise, the magazine isn't listed in the magazine section, and only books populate the general search. Uh, This seems a bit odd, as I purchased a copy of the magazine at my local Barnes & Noble store recently, so I was curious, is this a political move? Uh, and if it is, I will vote with my dollar, but I don't want to jump to conclusions if it was just a technical glitch. So, uh,
3: so what do you think? How can you help Adam out? Okay. Well, subscriptions ordered online or through the magazine, uh, tend to take about six to eight weeks, um, for first delivery. I don't know why, but that's just the way it's always been with magazines. Um, as far as the other thing, I don't think Barnes and Noble is intentionally, uh, hiding us in their search engine. I just think maybe they just have it for books and not for magazines. Uh, unless you can find Vogue and all those other magazines in there, and then maybe we, you're, we're on to something. Man, maybe this is a conspiracy. <laughs> but, you know, with the amount of money leaking out of Barnes & Noble, I don't think they could afford to... Uh <laughs> to, to get political at this point with what they're selling it would be a weird battle for them to choose right
2: now <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and to be honest Barnes and Noble was one of the few
3: uh, bookshops that that has carried us for a long time yeah, and consistently does absolutely yeah there used to be borders as well but they went out of business so yeah I mean shout out to Barnes and Noble for being brave enough to even have high times on its shelves you know um we're so subversive and, and <laughs> <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we're yeah, banned yeah. in a lot of different countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Yeah. For- so
2: yeah, no, I don't, we don't think that's a conspiracy. However, if if the very idea that uh, that a store might be concealing High Times as a political statement or just because they're douches, um, you could always get this online and just cut out the middleman. You can go to covertocover.hightimes.com, and uh, you'll digitally download every issue that we've ever made or just the current ones and get them on uh, every device that you have. So. We recommend that even yeah. though we love the physical magazine. I'm a book guy. I don't know about you. But,
3: yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm a book guy. I've started reading things on the phone and on the iPad and stuff, but it's nothing like holding a book in your hand. But we're old too. We are old. Kids aren't buying magazines.
2: Do you think kids the kids at, what do you, do, what I, do
3: you consider a kid under what? Anyone under
2: thirty. A, a kid is anyone under thirty? All right. People listening that are under 30, do, do you buy High Times or prefer High Times in magazine form or on your tablet, on your whatever that people are saying? Your Apple Watch.
3: Your smartphone. <laughs> well, we have a microchip we can implant in your brain that just helps you know everything about pot.
2: Yeah. We originally We're pitched just sending Danny Danko to individuals' houses and having <laughs> him recite the uh, gross <laughs> section of the magazine, but that was voted down. Yeah. So.
3: That was a kickstopper. Oh. stopper <laughs> no. We're getting silly.
2: Yeah, on that note. um, Okay, so if you have a question or a comment or a complaint, uh, you could email us. It's freeweed at hightimes.com. We are also on Twitter. Uh, He is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike Hughes underscore. We're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we will wrap it up with Raw.
3: Indeed. All right. This is the wrap it up with raw section of the podcast. Is that correct? Both. <laughs> oh, you did an organic one there. Uh, yeah, man. Episode 77. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, thank you to Dana Beal, uh, a legend, a, can- a marijuana, a man who's been fighting for marijuana rights for over half a century plus. Uh, so all you new guys to the industry, uh yeah just remember there's people who have been doing this for a long long time uh fighting the good fight so thank you to dana for being on the show thanks as always to Jacques and winstrong um yeah don't forget the marathon thing the half marathon that i'm running if you're interested in uh donating you can do that between now and sunday at uh crowdrise.com slash danny danko nyc if, uh, if you're listening to this after sunday the 15th maybe just check in with danny make sure he's all right yeah yeah i'm gonna be a little <laughs> sore But hey, uh, it's all for a good cause. The money goes to Normal Foundation. I already raised almost four grand. So, uh, and like I said, five bucks, ten bucks, anything you can spare would be awesome. Uh, If you mention that you're a free weed weed listener, maybe I'll mention. your instagram handle or whatever it might be
2: and we should mention that when we recorded this segment earlier he had only raised two grand but we did take a couple days to finish the show and he's already up to four
3: so yeah, that's well, actually pretty t- impressive normal yeah. put it out there and high times put it out there so i'm 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 humbled and very excited to have um, that amount of money going to the normal foundation remember it's tax deductible so check out crowdrisecom Danny Denko NYC um that's to donate to the marathon all money's going to normal foundation um yeah uh let's put this one in the books and I will see you guys for the next episode
4: I was dead so long they had to freeze me. You know the way they freeze you? No. Oh, I was frozen for six days.